0: I hope you slept good. I hope you are ready for a good day in Jesus. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights and I'm grateful for it. I'm sitting in my living room with my little puppy dog sitting here. I hear Morgan getting ready to leave for work and uh, that means we're about to hear her make some coffee and. And, uh, anyway, you know, I'm not at all concerned about her morning sounds because, um, I'm so grateful to have my adult daughter as a roommate. And I know that one day she's gonna want to go have her own space and her own home. And, and so I'm, I don't care that she's in these recordings. One day I'm not gonna have her and I'm gonna wish I did. So y'all just gonna have to put up with it. It's my sweet sound. I might be coming (laughs) I might be coming back to these recordings later and just listening to the beginning and crying (laughs) over my emptiness. Ooh, my baby's gone. She's gone. Oh, well, I, I took the day off yesterday and I'm so glad I did because I've, I've definitely feel better. I, I, um, ministered in Danellon Wednesday night. Ah, oh, sheesh, y'all, I don't know how, I don't know how preachers do that, especially evangelists night after night, cause it just wipes me out. Like my virtue is gone, but, um, I feel great today and I'm so grateful. So we are in episode 7, and we are going to look at some lessons, or a lesson, that Jesus took time to teach his disciples, and then we're going to look at another miracle Jesus did. To begin, we need to backtrack. This is, by the way, episode 8. So in episode 7, it was about the lady at the well, the woman at the well in Samaria. And so we're going to go starting right there in John chapter 4, verse 30. Then they went out of the city and came into him. This is the disciples. The whole time Jesus is having this convo at the well, they're in the city buying food. And... The woman goes running back into the city and says, "Come see a man." And then, verse thirty, that's all the city that's coming out to Jesus. In the meanwhile, so while the while the Samaritan woman has run back into the city saying, "Come see a man," verse thirty-one. In the meanwhile, his disciples asked him, saying, "Master, eat." Verse thirty-two. But he said unto them, "I have meat to eat that ye know not of." Now. I kept pointing out in the last episode, the earlier portion of this chapter, how (laughs) Jesus asked for water. Like that's what he asked the woman at the well for. And he never did get a drink. (laughs) That just cracks me up. So now then the disciples are asking him saying, um, where's, where's you know, you've not eaten. And he says, uh, I have meat that, you know, not of 33. Therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him out to eat? They're asking each other who fed him and 34. Jesus says unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And I got to tell you that this is a very real thing. The fullness of ministry is real. Doing the work of the ministry does make you feel so complete. When you get involved in ministry, loving people, releasing people into the will of God, your purpose is complete. You find fullness and satisfaction there. Your joy is satisfied. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor's daughter, so I grew up around a lot of ministers and it is very common whenever a um, minister comes and, and ministers the word of God that for a good while they, they cannot eat. But they can't go to sleep either because the joy and the high of ministry keeps you awake. And, uh, you, this is the case if, if you've been involved in any, any, uh, partner of ministry, like from Sunday school to, um, youth to, an outreach, a block party, uh, whatever. If you have been involved in the joy of ministry, when it's time to be done and to calm down and go to sleep, you're exhausted. Your body is absolutely spent, but you are on a high and you cannot go to sleep. And I point that out to say, take care of your minister. You know, we see a lot of um, situations through the Old Old Testament. Elijah had Elisha. Um, You see a lot of, you have Moses. Moses had Joshua. It is so valuable for a minister to have somebody not working at the exact same job and able to take care of the minister a lot of times this by default is the, the spouse of the minister Um, I know in my case and, and again you know I've started off by saying I don't know how evangelists do it I don't know how pastors do it but I, I know in my case which is going to be low level compared to what these other ministers do I will absolutely forget to eat And that's terrible for your health. I will, if I'm preparing for either preaching somewhere or even teaching a Bible study, it will be three o'clock PM and I have not eaten a bite. I have just focused and studied and I'm very happy. I'm not at all hungry. I don't feel at all hungry. And I'm, I'm pointing this out to say that often what happens is then once the high of being active in ministry wears down, then you are famished. Then your body is feeling all that it did not do to take care of itself. It didn't rest. It didn't eat. It didn't, all the the body did not do all that. the, The ministry was the spirit was soaring high with the supernatural. Now, the body is saying I must eat. And a lot of times it's, it's normal for um, ministers to have bad health habits because once they come around to thinking about food, the only thing available is fast food because they're starving um, is fast food. And it's, it's uh not nutritionally dense. It's empty calories. And so for I'm saying that to say help your spiritual leader, help them take care of them, uh, remind them to eat. If, if you are uh married to a minister, remind them to eat, um, prepare foods ahead of time. Um, if you're a, we have a program at our church called the armor bear program and it's, um, it's, young people who make sure the minister has water and, you know, do you need anything? And he's and the, the armor bearer will sit close to the minister during service because the, the minister will gradually start remembering last minute things right before he's, he or she's supposed to step up to the pulpit and, you know, Oh, My, my iPad's about to die. Will you please go get me a charger or, uh, so many things, so many things. So take care of your minister. This is a real thing that what Jesus experienced here where they're like, you're not hungry. Did did somebody feed you? I mean, you've been sitting out here at this well. We know the woman didn't give him any water (laughs) and he says, I've been eating meat that, you know, not of, he was full. But then Jesus goes on, and, me, and I will go on as well, in verse 35, he goes on to teach them about involvement in ministry. In verse 35, he says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Don't say to yourself, I'm waiting for the right season. So we, we of course, saw this Exemplified already when he turned water to wine. Jesus said, my hour is not yet come to his mother. My hour is not yet come. Jesus is saying, look, don't say I've got to wait for a certain time period. Don't say in four months I'll have finished this class and then I can be involved in this. Don't say there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you. Lift up your eyes. You're focused on wherever your eyes are. If you're in a class, you're focused on the class. If you're um, in a certain season of life where um, maybe you're waiting on your kids to be grown or you're waiting on your own education or you're waiting on whatever it is you're focused on, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields for they are white Already ready to harvest. And this is a word to us as well as disciples of Jesus Christ. We are chronologically going through Christ's ministry because we want to act like him. We are disciples of Christ. We are disciplining ourselves, getting out of our own way and trying to lock into behaving in Christ's way. And Christ's way is quit waiting for the predicted time. Right now is the time. It's always harvest season. I have learned through several different things that I'm not going to take time to delve into right now, but... I've had times when I was afraid that I was not going to be able to be involved in outreach because the season was going to change. And I do actually, if you hear me teach often, last year I was teaching a a series of ladies Bible studies um, at the church. And oh my goodness, it blesses me so much to see those exact women that sowed their time and energy into coming to those ladies' Bible studies and to see where they are right now. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It I feel overwhelmed that... (laughs) I don't want my podcast (laughs) and recordings to be all about me getting weepy in the middle of them. But that seems to be happening. I just, you know, I'm going to call it a no big brainer, no duh, because I'm here specifically for the presence of God. So that I would get emotional, I I should stop worrying about. But last year at this time, (laughs) there were all these young moms so hungry for Jesus. You could see it in their face. They would be, they would be, Bringing their babies, their toddlers, their elementary age children and they, or some of them had children in school. And so they were, they were asking for a Bible study in connection to picking their kids up from school or dropping them off at school or anyway, they were in these seasons and they were so hungry for Jesus. (laughs) And those ladies to see them this year, so many of them, what they are doing, for the Lord right now. And I believe that's a direct result of them displaying that hunger at this time, this exact time. My Facebook memories are full of us circling in the lobby, having Dunkin' Donuts and Munchkins and their babies. And, you know, those moms, we tried to provide childcare. But we couldn't always get it, so sometimes moms are, were trying to hear the word of the Lord while their toddlers are crawling all over them and other moms were offering to help. Oh my goodness, they're, they're teaching. (laughs) Those exact moms who knew they wanted to work for God but didn't know how. God opened doors for them and they are involved in ministries right now that they had no idea was even possible. And so don't say, well, I'm waiting on a certain season. Just lift up your eyes and get involved in what you can right now. What is happening right now that you can go start demonstrating? I'm ready and willing now, God, I may not feel adequate. I may not feel equipped, but whatever it is you want me to do, I'm going to demonstrate it right now. Oh my goodness. God blesses the person willing to just get involved right now. And it's always harvest season. Sometimes, you know, right now, Um, we're all about the pumpkin spice, you know, we want pumpkin spice lattes and (laughs) pumpkin pie and pumpkin rolls. And that's because that's what physical harvest season is right now. All of these beautiful autumn and fall harvest, that's what's available to eat right now. And so we're making that a lot. Um, and then because it's not, because The season will pass when it's not time for the squash. (laughs) That doesn't mean there's not something to harvest. It's about citrus season. We're about to start getting amazing oranges. And then when that season's over, we're going to move into strawberries. And then when that one's done, we're going to move into watermelons and cantaloupes. It's always harvest season. For something, you might need to move from harvest field to harvest field. But if you will just lift up your eyes, don't say, oh, I'm only waiting for strawberry season. I'm, I don't do nothing but strawberries. I won't be harvesting until January or February. No, no. It's it's always harvest season somewhere. And if you will just look up, you will see that it's time for harvest Verse 36, he that reapeth, receiveth wages. The person that's out there reaping, they are receiving their wages and gathering fruit unto eternal life. Y'all, one of my favorite messages is preached by Brother Wayne Huntley. It's called, The Treasure is in the Field. And he was referring to the parable where Jesus said, What man? who finds a treasure in a field, doesn't go and sell all he has and buys the field. But this is also applying to that same aspect. What you need in life, you will get from working in the harvest field, the satisfaction that you crave. It's not going to be fulfilled by hobbies or by, uh, decorating or by crafting or by, you're going to always need more and more of that. Now, let me tell you where you will find a satisfaction. If you connect your hobby to soul winning, if you will invite somebody who is needing to learn about Jesus to come and do your hobby with you, you will find Ah, I have never felt such a high. I've never felt such satisfaction. It didn't matter what your hobby is. Uh, running, health, nutrition, uh, crafting, uh, clothes, fashion. Connect, connect discipling others to it. Connect sharing the way to live for God with it. And you will be satisfied. You will receive your wages by reaping. You will. It's the most amazing thing. And then in verse 36, it goes on to say, both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Verse 37, herein is that saying true. One sows, another reaps. One sows, another reaps. The seed sower and the harvester rejoice together. When we are, as a congregation, working together, when, when somebody is bringing a guest into church And then somebody else connects to that person and also begins to befriend them and show them the love of Christ. And then somebody else is the one who walks them through and really brings them to that point of being born again. Jesus said, you've got to be born of the water and of the spirit. All of these people are very important to the process and they rejoice together. I have experienced this myself. There are some people that my engagement with them is the sowing of the seed. And then there are other people that my engagement with them is watering. And there are other people that my engagement with them is, is bringing them through that final new birth experience. And then there are other people, like I was talking about the joy that I had last year with all 90% of the people that I was teaching last year were people who um, were were had been saved for many years. They grew up in the church, and they were there to um, oh, excuse me. They were there to grow more in God and to show God what do you need me to do. I've been involved in every aspect and all of them. All of them have so much joy in it. Verse 38, I sent you to reap. I, I sent you to reap in places that you didn't labor. You you got to go in. Somebody else plowed that field. Somebody else sowed that seed. And you walked right into the harvest field. And then he says, and others labored. It's hard work to plow a field, y'all. These men and women of god that go into towns and cities that do not have a a a body of believers that know baptism in jesus name is the only way they baptized in the bible and they start teaching those things men and women that go into a city and they start teaching bible studies to a group of people that have never heard the word that is labor it is a lot of work to start establishing the kingdom of God in a home, to start establishing the kingdom of God in somebody's life. And Jesus is saying those people, there are people who did a lot of labor and he's saying you get to, I sent you to reap in a place that you didn't even labor. Other men have labored and you have now entered into their labors. So whatever process you were in, don't ever, don't ever get in a place where you say, I did this. I did this. There are, um, I had a conversation with someone several months ago that was, um, letting me know that I, I had offended them by posting things about Bible studies that I've been a part of. And, um, I had to tell them, first of all, I apologized. I'm sorry. You know, I I told them, I'm sorry that, that it offended you. Um, but I can't stop posting these things because I'm, I'm not posting them to say, look what I did. I'm posting them to say, if I've done it, you can do it. I, especially about a year and a half ago to, Anyway, I don't, I've had time periods, multiple time periods, so I shouldn't put a timestamp on it. I've had multiple time periods where I was exhausted. My health, my literal health was absolutely spent from the labor involved in creating a harvest field, sowing seed. And I, I know my failures and there are some others who know my failures and I don't walk around. Broadcasting my failures. But for sure, I know within myself, if God's willing to use me, He's willing to use anybody. And I need any and everybody's help right now. The, the harvest is white. The laborers are few. And I post pictures about Bible studies to say, look how much fun there is in this. Come on. Let's, let's get more people involved here. So that's what I had to explain. But I, I Me and Jesus have our conversations. I, I have a pure, pure intention. If I post pictures about Bible studies and things, I'm not trying to say, look at how spiritual I am. I'm trying to say, if I can do it, you can do it. Now let's all, let's all get involved in the process here. And let me explain the process. If you're going to have a party, it should never be all And strictly your friendship group, the people that you are closest to, you should always have a new disciple at it. If you do not have a new disciple in your friendship group, at least one out of three to four times that you get together with your besties, you're not doing it right. You should always have a new disciple. You should always have and go beyond even a new disciple. You should always make sure you have somebody that is outside of your normal circle that needs fellowship. And if you don't know who that is in your congregation, go ask your pastor, go ask your pastor's wife, go ask your ladies leader who needs fellowship. You should always, if you're not doing it that way, you're a clique you're doing it wrong. And I am rebuking you right now. (laughs) Fix it. Fix it. Don't always have events that you post where it's just your besties. Fix that. Get people in your circle that need the joy you have. They need somebody to laugh with. Fix it. Okay. I'm going to remove away from my rebuke now. (laughs) But I am going to say, bless and honor seed bearers, bless and honor people who have labored. If you are saved, somebody labored, somebody sowed, plowed your field so that you would be more than stony ground. Somebody weeded your soul. Somebody spent hours upon hours, weeks upon weeks, months upon months loving you, laboring for you. And so you should honor them once a month. Put it on your calendar. Whoever sowed into you could be multiple. It, it not could be. It will be multiple people. It'll be your pastor and whoever brought you to church and whoever you need to send them a note. You need to honor those seed sowers. You need to honor those people that plowed and made it possible for you to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. I'm going to have to stop right here for time's sake. I was wanting to go into this next miracle because it's Jesus' second miracle that he did. Let me finish out this this part about the Samaritans. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they asked him to stay there for two days. They asked him to stay in Samaria, and he abode there two days. And then many more believed because of his word. And said unto the woman... Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. So Jesus, the process that we see of harvest right here is Jesus in a, when he sat down at the well, he was weary, never got that drop of water. <laughs> I don't know when he finally got around to eating and getting something to drink, but he told the woman, the woman then went and spread the seed into the town. And then the whole town, the woman was there for that first initial laborer. And then the whole town came out and heard him. And then Jesus went into the town. And so the woman was the first one. And then they believed in Jesus for themselves. Jesus was the waterer in that city that where first Jesus was the, was the seed sower. Then the woman went and sowed the seed in the city. And then Jesus became the waterer. And we find later in Acts where Philip was the harvester. And this is a process we see over and over. First Corinthians chapter three, verse six, Paul says, I have planted, Apollos watered. God gave the increase. Verse 43. Now, after two days, he talking about Jesus departed thence and went into Galilee. So the next episode We will talk about Jesus' second miracle. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. God bless you. Have a great day.